Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub, and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road, and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you Lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a new tradition, Achtung Extra on a Monday. Uh, welcome to the show. Joining me to kick over the traces, what was quite a good weekend, but also raise our sights a little bit, dear listeners. We're going to be looking to the, the boundaries of football this afternoon. Uh, joining me, Michael Avery. Welcome to the show, Michael. Otherwise known as the face for radio. Good afternoon, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that titter you can hear is Mr. Harry Warren. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, not too bad. If you're the uh, if you're the face of radio, I don't know what my voice is for. Probably, probably, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably needs slower after three pints. Incidentally, listeners, just before we we just briefly kick over the the weekend's events, good events for a change as a Millwall fan. Um, when we record these, we do do a video stream. I will not. I guarantee you, I will not ever publish these video streams because none of us are, are, are looking all that brilliant at the moment. So I think we'll, we'll stick purely to audio going forward. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Nick. I think the deal should be is if if we get promoted, we've got to do one of these. We've got we'll to do, do like one. a round table. One, and that one, one. will be, be a bit like the. It'd be a bit like people have been listening for a long time at a formerly now defunct radio show where we said we'd do the extras. And I think Nick put them up for one afternoon, and there was so much libelous content that um, information of character libel, you name it. I think it would cost me a fortune if I hadn't deleted that show. Yeah, it'll be it'll be like a round table of the family from the hills of Ives. That's what we all look like at the moment. A one live video stream that we'll do if we get promoted to the promised land, listeners, will be a bit like that time that um, the, the rock band Kiss were revealed their true identities without their makeup. They gave a fan a photograph of themselves without makeup and the, the, the photo faded as you opened the envelope. So you only had it for about 10 seconds and you could see their real identities and then it faded away to a blank sheet of paper. And that's what we'll do, something very similar. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, taking time out, boys. Um Good weekend. I mean, Michael, you've just put a, a, an article online with uh, the MSC's feed, um, posing the interesting question about whether Gary Rowett um, did you did you put it like clickbait? Do you we owe him an apology? Did I read that right? Or how are you putting it to us, mate? Do you know what? I've it, you some 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 on the other side of the fence could argue it's clickbait. Don't get me wrong, um, <laughs> but it, it was it was genuinely genuinely written with with the sole intent of. Um, of providing conversation and debate because as, as it says in the article, I'm not, I'm not obviously telling you all to go sort of read it. Now you can read what, what you like and have your own opinion. But when I was sat in, in the block where I was, um, you know, when they scored, when they scored their goal stoke, the amount of abuse that some individual players were getting and yeah. railway and you're inept, you don't know what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Yet when we went two one up against the Stokes, I do in the first half were, were, were clearly better than us. And when they're, I know there's a lot of teams between what fifth and eleventh on the same points, but we're in that mix that arguably with a better goal difference, we'd be in the top six. Those voices who are absolutely screaming for Alex Ed and screaming for Ojo to go back to Liverpool and Bradshaw to go back to League One, 
they was all very surprisingly very very quiet and i'm thinking well you can't give out and this this is the point of the argument you can't give out the abuse when things are going wrong but when things are actually going right be quiet you've got to acknowledge when things are going right as well and and yes and yes that um some performances haven't been amazing but the last two games um have been the type of performances you want to see from a Millwall team but you're not really seeing that too much online are you no, yeah, Harry's got itching. He's got his hands up. He's got his hand up. It's like his school. I was, I, was, I was merely going to say one swallow does not a summer make. I don't <laughs> think that 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 for the switch playing four formations in a half of football is not necessarily great tactical man management. I think that that you can pick over it as much as you like. They got the result, but we played well for ten minutes. The ten minutes that we went four four two, and that shocks me. Well, no, actually, that doesn't shock me. It shocks me that he doesn't trust that we can play four four two. I, I, I think an interesting question. Um, it's not. We're not going to solve it today, boys. Nor are the listeners really going to solve it until we see what comes um, at the next home games. I don't expect anything other than um, Rowett Ball at Huddersfield. That I, I think that is that's fine. That's fine. That, I think that is a situation, chaps, where the five man defence soak it up, hit him on the break, is entirely suited to the. To the occasion, you know, maybe, maybe you can change it if you're chasing the game. I don't know, late, but I think what, what we will see, um, the next home game, I can't, is it Derby? Is who's next at home? I can't remember the, the fixture. Oh, that'd be a um, nice pantomime, pantomime performance. <laughs> but you know, I was he was he pressured into changing it to that extent? Unanswerable, I mean, but for the injury to George Evans, unanswerable. Um, what I will say to Gary, and I know, I, I, I think he listens to the show, chaps. I reckon I'm almost I, sure I, he does, Nick. I, I would, I would, if I was in his shoes. Um, is that you know, all joking aside, Michael? I mean, attacking football at the den brings in the 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 twelfth man, which is the crowd. We all heard yeah. it on Saturday. It's been a long time yeah. since we all heard it, and wasn't it's it brilliant? Cathartic. Yeah, and that's you know, the, the 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 solution in a sense is. Simple. Now, not every situation, chaps, will demand four four two because sometimes you're going to come up against clever teams that maybe can play around that. But as a fundamental, the attacking style, what we saw on Saturday, is is the only way that you're ever really going to build any kind of platform to to, to move ahead. In my opinion, yeah. let's see let's see what we get from it. And, and I, th- I think as well, just just before we go into the topic we're going to talk about today, and just on a closing point from me personally, I think. As I, as I wrote as well, and, and everyone knows that managers live and die by their teams they select and the results they get. But where do you draw the line where the manager doesn't sort of get blamed for something? If you look at that goal we conceded, we had, what, five, six players on the edge of the box? The blokes yeah, still yeah, had a touch. Yeah. It was a defensive error. It was a defensive that error. Not, that, that is not Gary Rowett's fault, you know. But as soon as that goal went in, it was straight away, FNL, FNL, Rowett, Rowett, this, Rowett, that. He put, there, was, there was five players on the edge of the box. No one put a tackle in. That's not Gary Rowett's fault. That no one's done that. No, no I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. My, my, yeah, I get, I get that. This, this feels very much like the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer discussion of yeah, Gary. I'm Neville just going to make the same point. It, though, yeah. it, it feels, it feels like that. Like you are allowed to support him and criticize him at the same time. There are two things that are allowed to be done. You can, I, I think, what your, uh, I think your point's admirable, Michael, in the fact that we don't give praise when praise is due at Millwall. Personally, this is why I feel young players struggle at the den. This is why our own youth product struggle um, in recent times is because we are cutting and we are probably the last, sort of the last bastions of sort of an eighties hard football crowd that, that are left in in modern football. But that being said linking to what we're about to go on to it is an entertainment business and the den crowd wants to be entertained and it was entertained at 442 and that's the reaction you get so you know there's a there's a balance to be found and i think it would be wrong not to say the balance is necessarily right um we'll see how it goes going forward i agree i mean it's, it's a neat segue like like we're on strictly come dancing listeners we've segued from saturday's good win in the end, um, over Stoke City, and but we, we, the reason that we're um, speaking this afternoon is a very interesting article that was published in the Athletic um, on the nineteenth. That's that's last week, which I, I um, circulated around the chaps. Um, it's posing the question: what, what is a Premier League football fan in twenty twenty one? That's the that's the headline of the article. You you could 
it, this is Premier League based, but I think it has as, as much, um, you know, um, resonance with with Championship uh, football as well. Really, because we're all aspiring to be into this this Premier League thing. And I mean, just to dwell for a moment on the on the den, Harry, um, the the modern footballing um, authorities put great store. The, the thrust of the article is that they put great store on their global TV audience at the expense of what they call, some would say dismissively, legacy fans. And there's three legacy fans sat on this um, stream yard call that we're doing at the moment. And there was about 12,000 legacy fans sat in the den, probably the most legacy fans of the lot in a way, because um, one of the big points that I took out of this article, we will go through it a little, in a little bit of detail in a moment. But one of the big things that I picked out from it, Michael, you've had a look at it, um, is... The, the changing face, whether you like it or not, some of this will be heresy and hard. And I'm, you know, I'm well aware of some of the, some aspects of it repel me. But the modern game is built on a very different market to the, the tradition, isn't it? I mean, legacy fans just don't matter, sadly, um, as much as the global TV audience does to the Premier League in 2021. Unfortunately, reading the article, you can actually see, and again, this is playing devil's advocate, you could probably see why some of the um, sort of bigger teams or those who are aspiring to be in the Premier League are clearly changing their demographic of where they want their fan base to be. I think yeah. wasn't one of the stats, Nick, as well, something like one one sixth or one third or something huge like that of the global population watch football now? It's. I'll give you exactly. I've got it highlighted here. Um, so the... They're talking about numbers of fans, listeners. I mean, how many were in the den on Saturday? I don't know. It was about 12,000, something like that? For yeah, 13? Yeah. I, I don't know. And let's, let's call it that. It might be a few less or more or less. Um, so 400,000 supporters clicked through Premier League turnstiles on any given weekend, 400,000. And it's been estimated that 1 billion homes across the planet have regular access to their live games. Um, they these these numbers from some agency have been um, multiplied up. That puts the Premier League in touch with, so to speak, 3.2 billion people, 40% roughly of the world's population. And the, the 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 prime point of this piece, written by a bloke called Philip Buckingham, it was on the Athletic website, um, is that many of those fans, as much as it might stick in our throats as Millwall that go week in week out, home and away. Um, but many of these TV fans consider themselves supporters. And you can argue, rightly or wrongly, that by supporting the TV product, they are supporters as much as me sat in Birdshit Corner on Saturday. It's an interesting point to consider because it, it's, it's a really hard one to to um, to accept, yet there it is in numbers. I think the thing is as well with that is... Again, playing devil's advocate, sitting on the side of the sort of supporter who is on the other side of the world, you could argue that because of the three o'clock sort of blackout that's always spoken about in football, that if you're actually talking about physically watching live games, mm. if you used to get a Millwall fan in another country somewhere, they arguably more, watch more of Millwall than we do because they probably watch it every week on the television, um, whereas we we legally can't. You know, like if you want to go through legal stuff and not talk about streams, this and streams, that. So out of a sort of 46 game season, unless you go up and down the road every single week, um, but you see yourself as a diehard fan of the club who goes to every single home game, that armchair fan will still watch more football than you will. Um, I think you're talking about, obviously, as well, just simple maths as well. You can argue that, you know, <laughs> you could have 100,000 people who want to get a ticket for Old Trafford and they physically can't because they're not able to. Um, and the game, with, with the way social media is changing now, Harry, sorry, I saw you put your hand up, mate. I'll be as quick as I can. Um, but the way the game's changing now, the way the social media outlets are and YouTube is and videos are and Instagram, Twitter, etc., the game's designed for those who are sitting at home watching, not not for me, you and Harry who are sat in, in our blocks. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think I think there's two ways of looking at this. There's one, you can accept it. Um, and I, I, I don't think you've got much of a choice in terms of the, the, the physical things you can do to, to stop the, the ever-increasing amounts of TV money washing about in the game. There are a reason that suspect Middle Eastern states are now sports-washing football um, 
and that that's a whole another story for a whole another podcast mm. but the, the proactive thing for me is to look at a service like i follow now i've not got a problem with three o'clock games being shown on i follow as long as the price for the game is what that the home team would get for a match ticket now people will argue who's going to pay for that well obviously someone's going to pay for that someone's going to pay for it because obviously i wouldn't do it if it wasn't profitable now I've got no problem in these foreign markets doing it. I just have a problem if they're paying more money, uh, paying less money to watch a game that I have to travel to because I can't watch it on telly. Now that that's kind of I can understand from their point of view. That actually suits them because they make more money. So why wouldn't they do that anyway? I don't I don't understand why that hasn't been looked at. The three this idea that three o'clock Saturday is sacred and you'd stop people going. People who want to go will go. I, I think what you've seen. This season, in terms of attendances, I know at Millwall, Millwall hasn't been nearly as full as I thought it would be um, on the return of fans. And you can argue there are still, COVID is still a thing and, and some people might football, be... Well, football hasn't been great at times, H. I mean, I, I, well, I, no, I, I agree with that as well. Going but... back to Millwall a bit, but I, I think that the football has been um, hard and I don't think that's helped anyone. I mean, there was the, the, the Luton game that we had the other week. I was actually, I thought it was actually was a reasonably full stadium, and so was so was Saturday. Um, really, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a sellout, no. But I mean, I I, I think um, I mean one of the points that I read in the article is is that in terms of I mean, this is constantly going back to Premier League listeners, but I think you can probably stretch this. Across all, all all the um you know championship and, and downwards uh, really, um one of the things is, I think that I'm reading into this. Don't know if you agree with it, Michael. Is that people are going? Your point there, Harry. People will still go football, um, but um the TV audience is now seen as an increasing at the top end, certainly an increasingly large and important fan base and i think they they are being considered as fans not just tv viewers and i think that's probably the main that's one of the hardest sure. things as a, as a Millwall supporter to accept that you can watch on telly and you're seen by those that run clubs and run the, the authorities as being just as important as us sat in the den on the set or that people wouldn't consider us mm. but you know what i mean um in in, in the stadium fans in stadium fans well, it's very um, 2021 to say that everyone's equal regardless of their stake um, yeah. I think you've got to look at it from that point of view. You can't be seen in this day and age to segregate people, Nick. I add, you know, as into two <laughs> camps, that would not be acceptable. Um, you know, you, and you laugh, but that's true. There will be no, marketing no. campaigns and so on. You can't do that. Um, but the, but the the fact of the matter is, is whether or not the people that run football think this is a good idea that probably means that it's a great idea that you don't go along with them because these are the people that think it's a good idea to start a european super league these are the people that think it's a good idea to sell the world cup in at christmas time to qatar um you well, know have it every two years i mean that's another yeah, yeah. Sort of thing yeah. uh, you know these are not decisions with the benefit of the game as they claim you know the game that we all love the game that we watch the game that is the people that play it more than anyone else um, it's their game. Um, it's all of our game. That, that's the point. And we are the custodians of the game because you don't have to watch it. This is the, this is the point. We're all suckers because we all watch it. You can go and watch your local dog and duck side for free and stand on the sidelines and watch football. You don't have to watch the Premier League, but it's the same in their countries. But the Premier League is a packaged product to be viewed around the world. And, you know, Sky... Sky Television, since 1992, are the devil incarnate. They are. They are very good at what they do. They're doing the same with Formula One, someone who watches Formula One now. I I can, I literally now will not watch any coverage of the, of the build-up. I won't watch any of the post-race because I can't stand it. It's, it's just been skied. You know, mm. celebrities are there. We're talking to – they were talking to a model yesterday. I've seen it doing the rounds on Twitter who has no fucking clue about Formula One racing, doesn't give a fuck about Formula One racing. She's just there because it's the best party in town, right? And that's where she wants to be. Glamorous. And it's glamorous travel. Yes. It's international. You're going to all sorts of places, you know. And this is well, what these people are. I think the thing as well, going back to football, we're talking about the audience abroad, which, um, or another reach of the country, uh, um, around everywhere. But, I think if we could bring that in a little bit, 
I don't think necessarily, Nick, that these are the Premier League we're talking about now. We're not talking about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where we aspire to be. So we're going to have to think about this. I think that the Premier League clubs, and I'm talking about new owners, I'm not talking about if we go up with John Berylson because there's obviously still a link there and, and, you know, when, when some of these other clubs have gone up in the past. But I think if you've got a new owner in, Yes, they will be appealing to these overseas markets to to watch the games from abroad, etc., and all that kind of stuff. But I think closer to home, there is an element where they don't really want the legacy fans there anymore. Because, as I said to someone last week, um, a young chap called James, who, funnily enough, um, who sits next to me, who's who's who we was would be good on this type of subject, because he's he's weird. He's a, he's a young fan but with the kind of legacy thing to him, he's got season ticket, goes well, that kind of stuff. But we are not the audience because if I go, Nick, you go and Harry goes, mm. let's be brutally honest, Would that, all jokes aside, let's just say we've got the best one in the country, would we go in the club shop every single week and buy something? No. no. I can't no. remember last time I was in the club shop but a long while exactly ago. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. So, but if you replace us with three non-legacy fans, tourists, people who only come once, who claim to be as big on the game as we are, you will get more revenue in because these Joe blogs will buy the shirts, they'll buy the badges, they'll buy the calendars. And then the next week, those three will go. You replace them with another three who are not legacy fans because they will buy the club shop thing. Yeah. The Premier League, I remember when they said when Manchester United um, were um, were having the protests and everything like that, and Aaron spoke about it before, there's a horrendously long waiting list for season tickets. I mean, I think at one point, Old Trafford, you could have filled Old Trafford with the waiting list. With the waiting list, yeah. Achtung, Milbein. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I've just highlighted a, a sentence here, which I, I indulge me, boys. I'll read it out because I think it's quite interesting. Talk about the modern game. So the, the journal writes, joined in the modern picture, though, are those millions of uh, fans consuming the product from afar, living every moment and buying each kit. Uh, the traditionalists, the, the legacy fans, the old, the old school, might have helped play a greater role in making the Premier League the billion-dollar product that it is. But there's a new wave of supporters who have an increasing value to clubs. They are being embraced and invited along for the ride. So what you're talking about there is the idea that you can be watching the Premier League on your live feed in, um, I don't know, Indonesia to, to, to um, you know, wherever you like, Central America, wherever you are. And you are seen as, by the, the game, by the businessman, um, as having in equal importance as the punter sat in his seat and in the terracing. Um, which is an interesting point because I think it's a really hard one for someone that's uh, you know come from a very different era to accept that um, you're, you're, you're all those miles up and down there the motorway system don't actually mean jack shit to to the game. It's 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 all about how much um, how many TV viewers can they muster and then they can muster plenty it seems. And the other thing I picked up is this is still not seen as having reached a ceiling, boys. I mean this is still seen no. as a rising market. And I'd say the same, just going back off, off football for a moment, H. I mean, I've, I've written to myself, you could say the same thing about Formula One, NFL, NBA, you name it. All of them are playing this international kind of um, worldwide game, um, if you like, of trying to reach people that are um, have a mild interest and in trying to hook them into their particular sport. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, the, pre- the, pre- well, the Premier League um, model is very much based around... Um, for me, the way it's going is towards this NFL-type one-off game. If they could get away with having a Super Bowl, they would. Let's put it that way, because yeah, that yeah. brings in well, so much money. Yeah, um, a mega event. Yeah, that's yeah, right. absolutely. You know, the way how they sell Super Sunday, you know. <laughs> this is the game of games. The immovable object meets the irresistible force. All this kind of crap. Martin Tyler shouting, and it's live. And you it's know, live. It's all, uh... all panto, but... The, the fact, what interesting point that you said there about the owners and the club, there's actually a weird link between owners and nations, I, I feel. Like the Saudis buying Newcastle will now have, we will see thousands of Saudi Arabian people buy Newcastle shirts because yeah, they almost yeah, become yeah. a pseudo-national team. The yeah. same happened with Leicester in Thailand. The same um, can't really be said for America because I think American sports owners 
are very weird in the sense that it's a culture that you don't travel, that, that people have to understand this. And I, I didn't really understand this much, maybe because we're such a little country in the grand scheme of things. In the NFL, if you go away on Sunday, you could be the Detroit Lions and you go away mm. to the Los Angeles Raiders. Yeah, but that's Sunday. about a couple of thousand miles. <laughs> right, exactly. You're going from one to – yeah, but that's it. So there are well, no can away you <laughs> Can imagine being on Coach One that long? <laughs> <laughs> I'm by Ryan here. You know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't, it, no, you can't do it in the same way. It's, it's a big, big, big country. Yeah. So they don't have the same, or they don't understand, or that it's impossible for them to understand the getting up, going to Houston at seven o'clock in the morning and Getting your beers in somewhere, yeah. yeah. Pouring, <laughs> pouring your beer into your McDonald's cup to break <laughs> sort of no booze on the train rules. And, and But they're never going to understand what that's like, and they don't want to because, again, the, the idea as well is that you'd probably buy the kit or you'd be more likely to buy the kit if you didn't have to pay the money to travel to the fucking game. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Because you're going to the game that's cost you 60 quid on the train and you're a way ticket for 30 quid, which again is a piss take. You'll, you'll sit there and you won't spend the 60 quid on the shirt or the, you, you know, your sons, yeah, your daughters yeah, won't you, get the you kit. say that You say that though, Harry, there's, this goes back to what we were saying before about the legacy fans and the old fashioned fans and that kind of thing. Is, is it the quote marks done thing to buy this season shirt? If you're a proper fan, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You, well, no, you we're the only, I mean? we're the only, we're the only club where I know for a fact that, you know, I've been ridiculed by uh, mates in the past for me saying that you need your hard drive checking if you're over the age of 14 and wear a football shirt. <laughs> and they look at me like I'm like some kind of thing. It's just, it's not done. It's just, you look well, like, well, you're, you're, you're in your triple XL shirt. The only thing that you'll be playing with is your balls. You're not playing with footballs, right? That's it. You know, there's nothing about it. Right, but West Ham are the worst for it. Fucking West Ham get a result, right? I live in Essex. This is not beyond anyone, right? And I guarantee to you, I will see a fucking twenty-five-year-old West Ham shirt straight over a forty-four fucking waist belly today. That would definitely happen because they're beating Spurs. And, and this is what these see. These are legacy fans. I always feel like this with when you get. It's always like when you get the politician and they, they the worst one used to be Eric Pickles, conservative MP, would be like minister for fucking health. And the bloke looks like a boiled egg. Oh, why pick him out of all the people that you've got? Why pick this man? It plays badly. You know what I mean? I shook hands with two blokes in block one saying how much they love the show and particularly Harry. <laughs> I mean, that must be the first time that I've ever been They love Darry's rents. I've got, I've got another quote here for you, boys. And I think it comes back to, in very, very general terms, it comes back to the point that we're, both, we're all making. Because this is hard to accept as, as someone that's been following Millwall, for example. And much of what we're talking about here doesn't apply to Millwall right here, right now. But if we do get into the Premier League, then this is the kind of world of big money that we're, we're, we're going to have to somehow negotiate at least for one season until we get relegated after causing mayhem up there but um there, there was there was some vastly removed <laughs> well you you say that harry i mean you know and I, I, I when you look at the sums of money this is like um trying to think of an appropriate soap opera i can only think of dallas and dynasty and i don't think the zeros are enough from those shows for this because this is big big bucks at the, at the top level and they're going to want to protect their 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 um their products so you know, the, the kind of Millwall carryings on, I'm not going to go into that on this show, but Millwall carryings on will be seen as very, very, yeah. very, very Premier bad League. for business. The Premier League one-season carnage tour. <laughs> one season only, I think it would be as well. And then it would be banned from it. One last stand would be on the T-shirt. But my quote I've got here is that there are vastly many, vastly, this is a quote from a bloke, a professor of law at Manchester University. So, uh, Jeff Pearson, there are vastly more people interested in football now than there were 30 years ago. And I can I can vouch for that as someone that was around 30 years ago. Um, it goes on, you'll have football fans now that maybe go to one match a season, maybe not even that, and yet they'll consider themselves dyed-in-the-wall fans of a team because they watch every game and check out the team on the internet and they're watching games on, on telly. And they're engaging through the likes of Twitter, Insta and all, all the rest of it. Um, it I think... I think this is... It goes to the heart of it all because it's like a change in culture. I mean the likes of us probably wouldn't regard that person watching their one game a season on Sky as a fan like us, but the club and the, the games authorities very much do. And it's, 
This this is not going to change, boys. I mean, you know, you can rail against the passing of time, and you can you can dislike it, but you can't beat it. And this this is the this is the level of of industry that we, we are aspiring to get into. So, Millwall's going to have to change if we get into that. You both got your hands up. I'm going to go with Michael first. We haven't heard from Michael for a bit. Go on. Yeah. No, the, the bit that gets me as well, Nick, is you you say about that and reading that article. But firstly, it's a very well put together article. It so is. I, yeah. I ask, yeah. them, I ask yeah. those who um, haven't read it yet to read it. Um, but there was a section, obviously, about the guy, um, I think it was the American, and he was a Newcastle fan. Newcastle fan, yeah, isn't he? yeah from the new NYC Toon Army. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't, now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're, we're big Millwall fans, um, and we'd, we'd watch Millwall all times of day, etc. But, again, this, this comes back to what I said with the physically being able to attend all these games and things like that. You know, if you're on the other side of the world, could you visit? It's not your fault you follow a team who it's going to cost you thousands of pounds or dollars or yen or whatever it is a week to come and watch. So these guys are getting up at six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Football. Yeah. Full credit to them because at the end of the day, um, if it's a team who I might have an interest in or you know, I, I might look at a, a team abroad and think, oh, I wouldn't mind watching them occasionally. I'd look at, I'd look at the, um, I'd look at the timings and think, oh, I ain't getting up at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I'm, I'm quite into my rugby, um, as mm. some people who know me know, um, and they have obviously the, the sort of Super Rugby tournaments where you've got the New Zealands, Australia's, all them playing. And even though I do have an interest in rugby, I'm not going to get up at seven o'clock in the morning every weekend to watch Australia versus New Zealand. So, no, no, firstly, no. you've got to give these guys a pat on the back for getting up that early and on the piss. Um, from what the article says at 7 o'clock. 7 a.m., that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. You know, yeah. but, but one thing as well that also got me um, with that article, Nick, and just to go um, a bit more with the legacy fans, is did you notice the section when they were saying about how, to, to a point, I'm going to call it how it is, how the sort of legacy fans are being used, if you will. The social media uses, yeah. uses the diehards and the legacy fans in the week in, week out on their social media, as you know, we're a real family club, we're really together. But as we say, we're not the target audience um, if we was in a Premier League or we're not the ones who would be thanked for that support. But the sort of the fans who are on the other side of the world, they might listen to what we say, they might look at the stuff we do on social media, they might sort of follow the respective supporters clubs or fan groups in these countries. But again, they don't clamour to thank these guys for the information they're giving or they're providing or that kind of thing. So it's, it's really interesting how, even though you're in the top 20 teams in the country and we are no longer the fact that we are no, no longer the core target audience, if you will, of what the clubs want, they still can't live without us. Absolutely. I mean, I, I keep stressing that this is Premier League that's on because I think the situation at Millwall is is very different, clearly, because we, we, we are where we are. Ari, did, you wanted to come in and say something, mate. Yeah. Funny you should mention that. I think it's sort of, it's a question was going to be to Michael because I, I think what you've just said there's fair enough. And I mean, I make no bones about it. This season, I've particularly struggled with Millwall's social media output. And I've said that in our group chat and I'm not going to hide it. Um, I think it's there for PR's sake. I don't, I don't actually believe they're living the values that they claim to be. That's my own personal opinion. Um, not the opinion of Acts on Millwall podcast or the MSC. I'd like to add that. Um, but my question is, <laughs> is that you've, begun to become a referee you've sort of taken I'd say a, a step towards more grassroots is that I, I know for myself the the playing of football again and the little bit of scouting that I do is more enjoyable now because it's real it feels real it's not a product it isn't a product because there's no fucking money involved so is that is that maybe a legacy fan's reaction to this over-commercialisation? Is that, is that like a, a draw to what football used to be? Or is it simply that I'm overthinking this and you just want to be a referee? You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I think it'll be an interesting question for legacy fans of do they stop going? Do they actually spin it the other way? Because there's one thing that we haven't mentioned. The Premier League and the championship and every football club will not want empty stadiums because it doesn't matter what you are. It will still not look good on Teddy. And I know there are clubs in the Premier League. That's a very good point, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Your your Burnleys, your Leeds, you you know, the clubs in the mid table, that mid table bracket, probably similar to what we're saying with Rowett is if, if you are a mid table club and there is no entertainment and you, you don't get anyone and then people stop going. So they don't want to be feel like they're a product. 
um, that's abused, then that's not going to play well. No, that's a very good point. Just before Michael comes in, um, the article actually makes the point that the um, the legacy fans, I'm gonna, I don't really like that term because it's you, me, and everyone listening to the show, actually, but let's go with it for, for want of a better term. Um, they're seen as important to that level as um, nothing looked worse than the empty um, seats of, of COVID, you know. So that's why they filled it up with all those crowdies and flags and banners that you, we all saw it. But there, there is there is a need and a desire and an interesting point that the, the, the need for there to be bodies on seats in the stadium, fans, and for there to be to some level a kind of a... A sanitized, safe kind of fan show for the making for the cameras, so that it looks great when you're showing it to your real audience, which is the um, the, the three point um, two billion viewers around the globe. You don't want an empty stadium. You want to, you, and you don't want. Um, I, I couldn't help but laugh thinking that when I read that. I thought, where, where does Millwall fit into this? Because one thing we're never going to be is safe and sanitized and putting on a show for the the. Yeah. Um, the big Indonesian market, you know. Yeah, they don't want Stone Island. They don't want Stone Island and black on the on the telly. They want they want the fully merch that in club kit. That's what they want, don't they? They want you to be like that silly cunt of Arsenal fan TV. I was just like going to say, I was, I was just going to try and put one show out. Well, I don't say the word cunt, but. I'm... But it's got to have the E now. It's got to have the E explicit. But anyway, oh, there we are. No, 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 no. I was going to say it myself. I was going to make the same joke. Um, they will. They want you to. Be, I mean, that can't. It's, 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 it's a good point. It. When you walk around with your Arsenal water bottle and your Arsenal shirt and your Arsenal <laughs> headphones, I can't think as a legacy fan anything covered in. Look at that complete cunt. I can't. <laughs> so I, I'm obviously obsolete already because I can't do that. I think. I think. I think. You, I think you two to a degree. Um, and sorry if um, I'm speaking out of turn here, guys, but I think you two are being too fair to the um, owners and boards of directors of football clubs when you say they need these sort of legacy fans to fill the stadium because they don't need legacy fans to fill the stadium. They just Not in the Premier League. No, they don't they want to shit. Any Joe Bloggs to fill the stadium. It could be you, Harry. It could be you, Nick. It could be someone who lives two two hours or drive who wants to come up for the weekend. Or they is it Scott here, to... Michael? And I just developed that point. There's there's a thing here about how there are more families, which is a good thing. And there are more people who are tourists who might go to one game at Manchester United one day and then plan a trip to watch Chelsea and maybe Arsenal if, yeah. if they can do it on a long weekend. Yeah. Um, that's that, and that, that says here it was written from a positive point of view that that's that's affected in a nice way. They say how stadiums feel. I'd say that's the most um, repellent thing I can possibly think of. Mm. That you go and watch Manchester United. And, you know, we're, we're Millwall fans, but I, I can understand entirely the impulse that says you're a Manchester United fan, that you're a Chelsea fan, or Arsenal, whoever yeah. you like. But this, but but don't, this, don't say you're going to watch West Ham next day. No, no. Who would but do this, that? You this know? goes back to the argument. Sorry to cut you off, Nick, as well. But this goes back to about the game's changing, the modern game's changing. Are you following clubs? Are you following franchises? Or, are, players, you following, yeah, yeah. or are you following players? Like, yeah. my, like you've got some kids, like my, my boy. Well, um, my, my, my eldest is 10. He absolutely adores Lionel Messi and Barcelona. He still wants to go and watch Barcelona play now, but like in, in the new camp and all that kind of thing. But now all of a sudden he's a bit more... Oh, maybe can we go to Paris as well? You know, because yeah. Messi's there. You know, that's just how football is now. But going back to your point, Harry, earlier on about the sort of grassroots things and that kind of stuff, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, I've, I've been sort of drawn to the grassroots to or, or do this refereeing kind of thing um, to get away from what our social media is or other club social media is or the top level of football that kind of thing. Um, yes, there's a lot more real feel to the sort of non-leagues and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I'd say I'm just doing it to sort of give give. I mean, uh, Michael Avery standing on a on a pitch in Avery Hill Park on a Sunday isn't exactly going to be the thing that you know the sort of FCA write about or the FSA or whatever they're called now this week. But it's the kind of thing you, you sort of want to give something back to the game that you love, you know, to to a degree. You know, there's there's no referees, there's not enough scats that you're doing that and that kind of thing. But I think what is interesting was, Nick, we, we said that when I messaged you separately to talk about this show, um, we left yeah. Harry, Harry out because we didn't want him swearing. But um, <laughs> but, there, but there was there was, a, there was a line in the article where it said, wasn't there, that um, clubs or, or football or whatever bodies they are are putting something like a combined 45 million into their media and their social media stuff 
Because it's but, seen as so important, Michael. But it's yeah. seen as so important. But between the government, I think it's the Premier League, the Football League and the FA, or about four or five different bodies, they're only putting 15 million back into grassroots. So what they're actually doing now is the area or development or the, the space or the, the area where the game very first started is only getting a third of where the game is now. And that's that's an investment. You, you would think in other ways, you'd think it was the other way around, wouldn't you? You know, you'd think you'd invest in all this sort of lower level things to keep it flourishing. I think I think to a large extent, I'm just reading on uh, as, as you're speaking, I'm just looking at some paragraphs so I've got in front of me, listeners on my on my iPad. Talking about social media in the widest sense, um, that would include Twitter and Facebook and, and all of them, you know, Instagram and all the rest. Um, so it says, for all of its obvious ills, such as for providing a fertile ground for abuse of all sorts, social media has become intertwined with being a 21st century fan. I suppose it has, because, you know, I'm, I'm fairly active on Twitter, which didn't exist in the 1970s and 80s. So, you know, that's, and it does give you a, 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 an ability and a reach way beyond what you would expect a club like Mill to have. It gives a voice to anyone who wants one, it says, um, as well as a direct link to clubs and players, for better or for ill. Televised games for many are watched with social media constantly monitored. For younger fans, even if they're casual or global fans, they've grown up in a generation, whether you like it or not, that selects its pop stars via TV and social media channels, and they expect to be able to speak directly to the people they follow. That's a massive change from the past, where if you wanted to tell Jed Wallace he didn't play well on Saturday, you might have to go and find the local pub. Harry, go Sorry, I, I, I basically I'm going to make one last point before I have to leave. Some of us yeah. have got to go to work. Uh, Nick, oh. there's a retired man in here. Ouch! Um, yeah, boo <laughs> yeah, boo his. But my my point would be in terms of how important marketing is and advertising and social media kind of plays into their advertising strategy a bit. Of you need to be involved. You know, it's only live once. Strangely, even the betting companies, the TV companies, the social media companies, they all have the same kind of tagline of you must be involved. You've got to have a bet to be involved and you've got to be on Twitter to be involved and you yeah, have yeah. your say, this idea. Now, that has been proven to me this season. I've got two guys, one in their 50s, one in their 60s who work with me, never watched a woman's game in their life, never watched the England ladies team. The minute it's been on Sky over international weekends, all of a sudden they've watched their respective men's clubs, women's teams on telly. Now, if that right. doesn't prove the power of the, the televised game to spread football. The word, yeah. Will, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what will. And, that, and that's my point is that the longer it's on telly, the more eyes on it, the more this is going to happen. And I think that's what you, what you said. This isn't the height because if you notice now, we had the first women's transfer fee of over 250 grand you know that's right. starting okay. to get to we're starting to get towards well Is that's it? league two that's league two mate that's yeah. five years yeah. ago that's Millwall's transfer for lee gregory yeah no i agree so into, um, into, into thing. and that's what the television audience will give you is we'll give clubs money. So of course clubs will always want it. And with that, Arriva Dirty Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to, before you do go, I just want to give you one other thing that also has the same impact, H, I won't keep you. They mentioned in this, and you would have seen it, um, Michael, the rise of gaming, um, the, the impact of FIFA games, um, mega. And, and that is also another thing along along the same lines. Harry's leaving the studio. Harry Warren has left the building, dear listeners. I am leaving the building. I apologise. I apologise profusely for my agree. time. That's wonderful. Mate. Thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. No worries, lads. I will now leave See the studio. Achtung, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Harry's point is, is a good one, um, Michael. I mean, televising... Yeah. Sports, as we've seen, I mean, the whole point of the article, the whole essence of it is there are such vast numbers for the Premier League's products, um, which means it takes me to think that they, they they want a lot of control over the product they're putting out. They do, Yes, they do want um, bums on seats in the, in the crowd. Um, they don't want empty stadiums, that's for sure. Um, they want to control what gets seen on their, on their products and how it's presented and so on. But... From you know, as, as a very small time club, and that's what we are, Millwall, and we aspire to join this this um, this this uh, what's the word uh, this 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 level of um, business. Um, it, it forces changes on you, whether you like it or not. It, it's going to be a hard thing to accept because we're Millwall, and the thing that we love is this doesn't fit into this world, as far as I can see. Yeah, um, and I have to agree, and it, and it's like. It's like I've said countless times. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want this fan base sanitised at all. I don't want the fans to be told what to do. I, I love going to Millwall. Part of the appeal of, of going to Millwall mainly is it's certainly over the last couple of years certainly not been the football. It, it's it's being with your mates, as we've said yeah. before. Part of part of um, what really hit everyone when COVID hit wasn't wasn't the football because the football was on telly in front of you. You know, if anything, these players could have been playing better because they didn't have people slagging them off every five minutes, every time they misplaced a pass or misplaced a cross. Football without fans, as we always say, is nothing. But um, this goes with the moving with the times. If 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 Millwall fans seriously want to see us, like all, all, all you hear, all you hear is how Gary Rowett should be the manager who's going to take us into the top six, should be the manager who's going to get promoted. We've not kicked on. We've not gone further. That's absolutely fine. Um, and again, that's people's opinions. You know, we, we welcome people's opinions on this podcast and, and what they think. But like you're saying, if you seriously want to be a contender for a top six team and a team who's pushing for promotion, do, do you then take the gamble and water down your fan base to get more people in? Do you water down what your club is to get more appeal to these sponsors, to get these people buying your clubs? And then following on, do you then get to a point where you're at attracting fans from other countries rather than SC16 and Lewisham Borough itself. <laughs> I mean, this 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 goes flies so much in the face of um, all our legacy fans. It's very hard to to visualise this, but I mean, the practical realities. If you do get yourself into the Premier League, and you know, I, I actually think, um, despite a relatively um, some poor football at times this season, I think we do have a shout. Um, there's no reason why we can't. Um, think in terms of being in the top ten, uh, which means that the top six becomes something that's on on the horizon. Um, and if you do get into the Premier League, and I, I, to some extent, I saw it with Brentford um, at the risk of raising the the, uh, the hackneyed um, subject of taking the knee. Which, well, Brentford didn't take the knee last season before each game, but because of the Premier League's requirement that you do um, as part of this business um, called the Premier League. Now they do, so something's been forced upon them that um, you know would almost certainly caused a lot of angst amongst certain sections of our support. I, I think sometimes it, there's a great um, the, the, the overriding thing I took out of this article about the modern game listeners is there's great comfort in being what you've always been, and you know the kind of small time operation that is Millwall has been. That's what it's always been. It's what, we're, what I've followed for come out for fifty years nearly. Um, but the world, whether you like it or not, um, A, doesn't reward that. <clears throat> and secondly, the world is moving on. And when you read this piece about the 
um, the importance of social media for clubs to, to reach around the world. And you think, well, how can that, um, how is that important? Well, of course it's important because then people in Bali want to watch your games, Michael. And that's, that TV audience is what is yeah. driving and underpinning this vast business called Premier League football. Yeah. That's why it's important. So, I mean, Harry, I mean, Harry, he's gone now. So, you know, he can't, can't um, defend himself. But um, I think it's, for me, it's it's naive not to put emphasis. Clearly, if if these power players uh, in all of the big six or maybe seven now with Newcastle, big six or seven clubs, the Premier League collectively 20 clubs, all of which deal in numbers of money that, you know, would, would be our dream at, at Millwall. If they put such emphasis on social media and TV audiences, then you'd be a fool not to follow suit, it strikes me. I don't know how you see it. Yeah, no, exactly. Because otherwise, that's big business. They just take our Millwall hats off um, for a couple of minutes. It's business. You're going to get kept behind. You know, you, you see, you a lot of the times you see company A do something and then company B, C, D and E and F will then slowly within six months do what A has done or a variation of it. You know, yeah. um, greatest example ever was um, Apple um, bringing out, just just for, just from a business point of view, Apple bringing out the iPad. I mean, when when Steve Jobs first stood there on, on stage, you had a lot of people going, what the hell is that? It's basically a big phone you can't do anything with. What, what a stupid idea. Why would you have one? Yeah. Why would you have one? Within a couple of months, Kindle now have completely changed how they are. They've got... Um, they've got their sort of versions of a tablets, fire tablets, Samsung have got their own one. And now every company in the world has a variation of a touchscreen. You've got people who check into reception using touchscreens when they go into yeah. places. For goodness sake, when you buy things on shop tills, you're using touchscreens and variations of an iPad system. So going back to it with football, if you have got a market that is, like we say, one a huge, huge, huge portion of not just not just the country, like the, not just the four hundred thousand people are going in. We're talking about the the entire globe. Let's be brutally honest. Again, business point of view. If you are the owner of a Millwall football club, and you get to the Premier League, you have got the choice of either pissing off one sick for the globe population to keep eleven thousand happy, or pissing off eleven thousand but getting in the rewards of the one sick for the population. Which one are you going to go for? But what, what an eleven thousand! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point, and you know, we've got to put aside our desire for the past to be still here. And and I think that you know, whether you like it or not, if we do manage to get into the playoffs, if we do by some chance shoot our way into this and have some expectation to stay there because why would the club ownership not want to at least get back into it after maybe a season of, you know, you, you you use that as a platform to get into the Premier League and stay there if you can at some stage, then it forces changes on you whether you like it or not. There's an interesting point. I mean, you mentioned the um, the, the uh, American New York uh, fan who follows Newcastle, Geordie fan. And there's another one here, a guy from Sao Paulo in, in Brazil. And he makes an interesting point that there are many, he says that in Brazil, there are many fans of Liverpool, Manchester United, City, Chelsea and Arsenal um, because of the Brazilian linkages. But there are also that many, um, many fans follow clubs, other clubs in the championship, like Blackburn, he mentioned Sunderland and Forest. Um, so he says interest in the Premier League and other competitions. And I've underlined that because that's just quite interesting that all we've been talking about this, that this is a Premier League thing. Yes, it mostly is. That don't mean to say the championship is out of the game. Far from it. And you know, we we as a club have to consider this, Michael. We, we there's no real option not to consider it or not to take it seriously. It's no, going to be right. it's going to be a hard ride for some, I think. Yeah, you're right. But again, devil's advocate. Those clubs you've listed there are teams who even the last few years have been in the Premier League or fighting to get. They're back big in. names: Blackburn, Sunderland, Forest. Yeah, yeah. So, so with all due respect to them, you're not going to get suddenly a large Mexican contingent start following Shrewsbury Town. Well, you might do. I might be wrong. But one, <laughs> you but, you know, thought so. <laughs> so, so no, no, no. Or Millwall. Let's be honest. Millwall, you know, I mean, we, we have to carve a place out for ourselves in the modern game. And the modern game seems to be very much going in this direction, reading this, and I've got no reason to, um, you know, shoot any of the points that it really makes down because the numbers seem to do the talking. It mentions the rise of, of um, game, football games, FIFA, 
the desire to for the there's an idea the younger generation wants to be entertained more often since the two-year World Cup and the, and, the, and the kind of crash-bang wallop of the FIFA game and all the rest of it. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I sometimes think that does a disservice to younger people. I, I, I don't... Cricket's been through this, and I don't entirely buy the idea, whatever whatever sport you follow, that it's got to be simplified, made more colourful and bright with flashing lights because that's what young people want. I, I think it's... I think, you know... I think there's a bit of an idea sometimes that you've got to simplify and make it more. More is always better in, on this, but that's how football certainly sees sees the future going, whether we like it or not. I mean, I, I'm not into uh, gaming. Football gaming, particularly, is, is for me, Michael, is a generational divide. I, I just can't, I couldn't get interested in it. But for mm. some, you know, thirty thirty somethings, even downwards, you know, their world revolves around it, and, and fair play, it's just not my scene. Personally, did you do you play the, the the games at all? The football games? Do you know what? Again, when I was younger, I did um, and that kind of stuff. But I think I think where I'm, a, I'm on the sort of mid range of thirty towards forty. God yeah. forbid me saying this. I can't believe I've now publicly acknowledged uh, that I'm getting old. Um, but I've never really been massively into sort of games too much. You know, me, I, I, me I not. No, no, no. Played FIFA, but. Um, but I think I think but my, my problem with not playing the FIFAs is a bit similar to like our sort of football is now it's evolving too much. It's uh it's go it's not the it's not the FIFA I know, if you want to say it's not the Millwall I know kind of thing. But um I think I have to disagree with you, Nick, unfortunately. I, I, I do think that they are making it brighter and um flashier and a bit more tech savvy for the younger fans. I really, really do. Um and to try to get people in because it, it's the old cliche: if it's not broken, why fix it? I mean, I'm I'm not a cricket fan by any means. If anyone who knows me knows that I, I the, the Duckworth Lewis rule was the fellow who was in. Um, who was I've in, not yet engaged you in a proper conversation about it, Michael, and you always resist it, mate. So no, 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 no. I'll, I'll agree with make, you on that point. I was going to say the Duckworth Lewis rule was the fellow who was in Coronation Street when he used to have the Rovers. <laughs> um, that's the only Duckworth I know. But um, but what what why did it delay? If, if using cricket as another example, just quickly before I go back to football, you know, they, they, I don't know what the competition was recently where everyone was moaning about, but all the old school people are moaning it's not test cricket or something. And but it got played. Well, anyway. Sorry yeah, for well, my terms. Um, there's all, I mean, there's, there's always a debate between different, the different formats of cricket and whether, whether one should be, whether one's destroying the traditional formats of it. I don't know. Mm. I mean, just to just to dwell on football. I mean, as a boomer myself, it says here that Generation Z, which are the kids now, are are different to their elder peers in terms of the ease and range of communication, which is true. Nothing like it in my time, mm. um, and the expectations of what that enables you to do. And I think that's probably um, the the the, um, the kind of fundamental point. Excuse me, a sec. My tablet alarm's gone off, listeners. That's what that was. I have to tell them, go and take my tablets. That's Arsenal fan TV asking why is Nick not watching it. <laughs> well, I was just going to talk about. I mean, just the, the YouTube scene, which is another thing. You know, we 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 won't be going down the YouTube scene, listeners. I, I I promise you that much at the start of the show, and I'll finish the show with promising it. But it just amazed me, having been to the awards um, um, dinner the other night. Um, the thing that I came away with, with was the the sheer volume of content that people out there are creating for YouTube and, and I mean, and podcasting to some extent, I think actually this show is quite a traditionalist one because it's just a sound only um, show that the, the world seems to belong now to TikTok and, and YouTubers and, and it's very different, Michael. Um, and you do, you, you do sometimes feel like you're being left behind by, I think Millwall football clubs dangerous. It also gets left behind unless it, somehow carves a, a niche out in this in this new world mate that's this, what I this is but going back to with the youtube culture i mean I, I don't i don't watch too much fan content of, of no the i club, certainly i mean i mean when, when you hear these people about arsenal fan tv and these tvs da, 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 da. i mean i will be brutally honest i do watch some lions tv that dan stuff and i think um at times You've done it very well yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, do you know what do you know what i think's good with dan's content in all seriousness is you can either totally agree with him or totally disagree with him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and that's an element where regardless of whether you agree with what Dan says or not, it works because you've always got an opinion on it. Either Dan's totally right or he's a total idiot, you know, depending on what side of the fence you're sitting on. Um 
not that he is an idiot. It's just my example. You know, sorry. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that you've got an, at least like Dan and the others, they go to the games and they talk about the games, that kind of thing. And this is where I've got this sort of legacy thing in my head. But it might be Arsenal fan TV. Again, excuse my ignorance. I don't watch it. But there's those clips going round where you on YouTube are watching them watch the game. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. So, so <laughs> this is what football is becoming. So even, even to a point, so even to a point, if you think about it, yet Dan goes to the game and all that kind of stuff, but you're watching people watch it on the TV. So these are the legacy fans, speech marks for those who can't see the camera, that we're talking about who live diehard football fans who, who, who are dying the war, as you say, but you're watching them sitting in their front room, not even at the games. Yeah, and they're yeah. the ones who are arguing about the direction fans are going, uh, clubs are going in. So we were we were sat next at the dinner. Um, my wife and I were on the table. We actually sat with some Berry um, chaps from AFC Berry, as it now is, and a good conversation with them. I mean, they're they're, they're legacy fans because they've seen their club cut from under their feet. And there was a there was a lot of. I mean, the other the other table was next to us was AFTV. Strange enough, that guy Robbie and is it Troops? Who looked like it was wired on, on? I don't know. Troops, troops was one of the one of the personalities. On Everyone's the got a Z in their name these days. Exactly. I, 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 mate, that's what we need. We need. A, we need. I'm, I'm going to, have to put a Z on my my name, Sam. Um And I, I, I've never really watched any of it. I, mean, I have no interest in Arsenal at all. So why would I? Um, from what I've seen, it goes back to your point about um, you need to produce content. Um, that will get people to click on it. So you need what you need is people to click on it because then they have to watch the advert, and that means you get paid. Um, and then hopefully you want to come back and click next time. So you come out with these sensationalist opinion and opinions that people can either agree with violently or disagree with violently, or you know strongly. I put it that way. Maybe violently in some cases. We, we don't condone that. <laughs> so you know, it's it's a different scene. I. I, I I suppose if you produce anything, and I'm going to include ourselves on this show, Michael, um, just to close it out, you know, you've got to do what you think is what suits you and what um, what, what you believe in. I, I can't I, I can't make videos and where I'm trying to excite the viewer to to react strongly or for it or against it. I might have opinions that people can disagree with, but you know, that's 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 you don't have to listen to the show, I suppose. I think I always come back to that point that in the end, no one has to click on my little podcast here. You know, we just do what we do. Um, we've strayed from the path, listeners. I think just to conclude us, Michael, um, I found the, the article very interesting. It does pose some deep questions as to what kind of football fan what fandom, if you want to call it that, looks like in the future. And I, I kept trying to mentally fit Mill into it. And it's very hard to see us fitting into this future jigsaw called football. Yeah, I um, I mean, I think the only way, as we've said, and to to conclude, as you say, I think the only way we're going to do it is if we change the identity of the club. Um, and it's interesting with Millwall fans uh, to a point. Again, I, I think Mill fans are great. I really, really do. Um, I always defend Millwall fans. It feels like every day at the moment. Um, but um, but if you look, it was the redevelopment of the stadium. Um, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, plans that the, the plans that the club put out. Within a couple of responses online, oh, we'll never fill that. Or, oh, we'll only fill those with day trippers. So straight away there, you're losing your <laughs> argument. You've got the move the move of the uh, the training ground where the infamous letter got leaked online and then there was message boards about the, uh, the move to training ground. Oh, that's because the club want to change who we are. No, no, it's probably not. It's probably because there's better facilities elsewhere. So, so we're just doing these pigeon steps at the moment to, um, to really, you know, just, just basically bring in a few more quid and bring in a few better players. Let's be brutally honest. You know, we're, we're not, we're not doing what sort of Bournemouth did where we rebuilt stands and we rebuilt no, this no. and we're not doing what you, you, you used the example of Brentford and sorry, um, to, to labor a point and I, I will finish, but you look at Brentford, what did they? West London, yes, all right. Not the taking the knee side of it, but what have they? What have they now done? Completely demolished their stadium that had so much history. Rebuilt a stadium that now everyone calls a Lego ground, and they ground share with a with a rugby team. Yeah. To get revenue um, to, to 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 um to get revenue in. You know, but Brent, Brentford 
probably you know just read it when you read the article on the athletic list and i do recommend you find if you subscribe to it is that they do all sorts of deals you can pay like a pound a month for a while and then cancel it it's worth reading more because um it gives you a vision of a football world that is coming whether we like it or not and it's coming whether we have uh we want we don't want to move at the times and that means that we'll be back down you know in my opinion it will mean that we languish um, you know, in, in the kind of bottom reaches of League One, back from whence we came. Um, because unless you've got the money, and unless you're part of the money-making machine called the Premier League, and that requires certain um, certain approaches that will stick in the throat of the of, of the average Millwall fan, I think, then you're going to miss out on, on the gravy train. And um, <laughs> I can't see any, any easy way to combine our traditional Millwall image with the um the way that the football world is moving um i don't i don't mean that to be depressing i i just think that you have to kind of look at where the world's at michael and and accept that you're you're a small fish swimming against a very very strong tide yeah and and this this goes back to the point we made right at the start of the show about the millwall fans and then what do we want from our club on the field and 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 off the field because yes we don't we don't like boring mid-table football but no we don't you 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 could argue would you rather have a go for the top six, just miss that every few years, or do it one year, get promoted, and then end up like, like I said, like a ball, like like a Bournemouth or, or like like these teams where, you know, to to, to a point their their identity's gone and and just just to close from me, look at the top three teams are in the championship at the moment. You know, yeah, the top yeah, yeah, the the, 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 the parachute three, three, aren't they? Yeah, the, the parachute three are used to what it's like. And who's bottom of the champion? Who's bottom of the Premier League at the moment? The team who won the championship last year and two years ago were bottom of the Premier League again. So these are four teams in literally, literally one on top of each other who know how the Premier League model works, and they're the one four who are always fighting to get in it. I think we need a we, we need we need to get into the gaming market. We need to do like a Cold Blow Lane nineteen seventy seven game where you're kind of like you and your your mob are taking on West Ham or something on the terraces. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not such a great idea, dear listeners. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's fun. Very very enjoyed it. I hope the fans uh, hope the fans enjoyed it as well. Something slightly different, isn't it? We try to be different and we try to entertain and we try to look ahead. So thank you for listening. Actung Extra, New Monday tradition. And we're back at the weekend, I dare say, after the Huddersfield game. So until then, from Michael and myself, it is Arriva Dirchi Millwall. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Acton Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirchi Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.